Welcome to the Relationship Help Show, your time with Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor. Through the magic of the internet, Dr. Shaler provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis to people throughout the world, and she's here for you now. Whether you are experiencing a momentary blow-up or the crazy making of life with a partner, ex, child, or parent who is relentlessly difficult, you'll get your questions answered and enjoy her expert guests. Settle in with Dr. Roberta Shaler now. Leave the drama behind and find peace of mind on today's Relationship Help Show. Here's Dr. Shaler. Welcome. Yes, this edition, episode 17 of the Relationship Help Show, Handling the Havoc. And that havoc is the havoc that is caused by hijackals, those relentlessly difficult people in our lives who hijack our relationships for their own purposes, and then they just scavenge them for power, status, and control over and over. So today's show I've got several new things for you, a new format, a new way we're going to do the show, and it's going to change from time to time. So I hope you'll find that as exciting as I do. One of the big things that I want to talk to you about today is do you recognize when your relationship shifts from just being difficult to actually being dangerous and unsafe for you? That's a very important thing to do, to figure it out and to recognize it and to be real with yourself, to actually allow yourself to say, yes, that's true. That's actually what I'm doing. And that's what the hijackal is doing. That's what that difficult person is doing. Whether that person is your partner, your ex, your parent, perhaps, uh, someone in your life that you recognize once you have looked at the patterns and cycles and traits of hijackals, and then you begin to recognize that that person is telling me that it's all my fault and it isn't. So first of all, I want you to be able to recognize that some people are difficult some of the time, and some people are difficult most of the time. And the ones that are difficult most of the time are usually difficult in their primary relationships at home, and they behave entirely differently out in the community. So when you go out and you say, my partner or my mother or my father or whatever is behaving this way, other people's experiences of them are different. And they say, oh, no, you've got to be making a mistake. They are wonderful. They are so much fun. They are this and that. And then you feel like you are unsafe with sharing what's actually going on with you. And you may start second guessing yourself or even questioning your sanity. I'm here to help you stop doing that, to stop second guessing yourself and stop questioning your sanity, to know that when you're dealing with a high Jackal, they will tell you everything is your fault, and it is not, and that's important to know. So today, we're going to talk about the distinction between difficult behavior and dangerous behavior. So very important. Also, we've got an exciting section today on what's up, because we're going to talk about 
playing out of the hijackle in the media right now with the Harvey Weinstein case and the whole idea of power and positions and how that gives people power over others and what that does. And therefore, we're going to talk about the Me Too, Me Too campaign. We're going to have that conversation with my friend and colleague, Christine Baumgartner of theperfectcatch.com, a dating and relationship coach. In another segment, I'm answering your questions. Remember, you can send questions to me. Uh, you send them to, you just go on, on the website at For Relationship Help, and you can see radio in the navigation, and then there's a Submit Your Questions button. So forrelationshiphelp.com, go to the radio section and submit your questions and I will answer them in this segment. Today, I'm going to be answering a question from a person who said she filed for divorce and soon after filing for divorce, guess what? Her hijackal appeared to reform and transform before her eyes doing absolutely everything she ever asked him to do. And I'm going to talk about the answer to her question is, should I believe this? So I'm going to give a really in-depth answer to that question in today's show. And also in the last segment of the show, I'm going to talk about an important thing. I've talked about boundaries before, but I'm going to talk about have you given up your boundaries so that you can recognize the signs if you have and know what to do about it. So some very important pieces in today's show. And you know that you can always find me at forrelationshiphelp.com. There's lots of things there for you. And you can download my free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackal, at hijackals.com. And in this new format, I'm adding these new sections so that we can cover more. Please tell your friends, this is the only radio show that I know of that is dedicated to the relentlessly difficult people in our lives to recognize them, to understand them, and to ha get the insight, strategies, skills, and support you need to take your next best steps whether that's your parent, your partner, your ex, your teenager, somebody at work, listen regularly. Listen to the archives. Go to bbsradio.com slash relationship help show. Listen. Please tell your friends there are other people who are suffering from verbal and emotional abuse, and we want them to know too. So for today's show, stay tuned. Gold for you, and it'll really make you think. I'll talk with you soon. Life as a couple can be exciting and enriching. You both feel supported, known, heard, and appreciated. You know you're safe. Is that what you're experiencing? Does your partner have your back? Can you be vulnerable safely? Do you trust each other fully? Would you say you were emotionally intimate? If not, things can get much better. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I work with couples just like you all over the world by video conferencing. If you want a world-class relationship, learn how now. Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join and schedule a time to work together. Let's talk soon. forrelationshiphelp.com slash join. I was asked a question the other day, and it went like this. 
I filed for divorce three weeks ago. I left him in the house, and over the course of a week, his emails became more and more contrite. He's now going to a recovery group because he had issues of pot. He's going to church. He's looking for a job. He's talking about going to counseling and doing everything I begged him to do for years. He's crying a lot and treating me with respect, where before he would yell at me and swear at me when I asked for change. I'm very confused. I don't know if I can trust these changes. Do you have any experience with hijackals and responses to consequences like this? Well, I was so glad to get this question because this is a very typical thing. When you are with a hijackal, a relentlessly difficult person, and if you're not sure if you're with a hijackal, remember to get my free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackal, at hijackals.com, H-I-J-A-C-K-A-L-S.com. So if you're with a hijackal, they will do this as soon as they can't have power over you, as soon as they truly believe that you will leave them, then they can't force you to stay. They don't go the route of saying, how dare you do this to me and all the things that hijackals like to do to have power over you. They will go back to the origins of your relationship. Remember that time when you met the hijackal? The hijackal just was so charming, so interested in you, so willing to do what pleased you, so wanting to know what would make you happy. We call that stage love bombing. They are being a chameleon, which all hijackals are, and so they make themselves into what they think you most want. And they do that very, very well. And so in this love bombing stage, they will simply appeal to every single part of you, and you will believe that you have met your soulmate. And it's a wonderful time, and it's what really hooks you into being with a hijackal. And when you've had that memory of that love bombing, then a hijackal will hope that you remember that. And that's the idea, to give you this initial impression that they are the most wonderful person you have ever met, and that you would never do anything that could displease them, and they would never do anything that would harm you. And they like to kind of seal that in. And I say, hijackals hook you on hope. Because from the time you have been captured by a hijackal, they then will begin to deteriorate in their behavior. And they will look for ways to have power over you. They will look for ways to make you wrong. You may have noticed that about hijackals. They love to make you wrong. They love to have an opportunity to find fault with you. And they find those opportunities way too frequently. And because you are hooked on hijackal hope, you keep thinking, oh, if I just do a little bit better. Maybe I'm more loving. Maybe I'm more compassionate. Maybe I'm more understanding. Maybe I'm more patient. Maybe I'm less demanding. Oh, and you turn yourself into a pretzel and it's never enough. It is never enough. 
and you keep thinking it's you, and they keep telling you that it's you, and it goes on and on and on. And when you seem to be getting a little too fed up, then they go back a bit to the love bombing just again. And then again, there you are in this cycle. Now, this is really a cycle of abuse. It's actually what I've spoken about in other episodes. It actually creates what we call trauma bonding, that you get into this cycle of hope and despair and hope and despair and hope and despair and hope keeps winning. And then the hijackal has you hooked. So when this person says, okay, I filed for divorce, I made a very strong statement that this was not okay with me at all. The hijackal got very, very concerned. And so what did he do? In this case, it was a he. And what he did was, as she said, now he's going to a recovery group because he had an issue with pot. He's going to church. He's looking for a job. He's talking about counseling and doing everything I begged him to do for years. Doesn't that sound like love bombing? I'm going to be the perfect person you wanted. I am going to hook you on that hope again. I am going to engage you in the possibility that I am who I told you I was in the beginning, or at least who I showed you that I could be. And I am going to do that until I get you again. And then the cycle will repeat. So this this person from my Facebook group who sent this in, also said he's crying a lot. Okay, one thing we need to know about hijackals, so many of them can cry on demand because certain kinds of hijackals go with a victim stance. They may not be the overt yelling power over kind, but the power that they want is the poor me. They say, oh, you're you're so awful to me. I feel so badly. You don't love me. And they go for a victim stance. And don't be fooled because those covert narcissists, as we call them, are covert hijackals. Um, and not all hijackals are, are narcissists. Hijackals are all of the different personality disorders. Um, but Covert means that they're not going to be that person who explodes and does all the things that overt hijackals do. They're going to go with the poor me approach. They're going to go with the I can never be good enough. They will turn on the waterworks. They will go into deep depression. And don't miss these signs and symptoms because that's that's just part of what they're up to. And you need to be aware of that. So then she went on to say that now he's treating me with respect where before he would yell at me and swear at me. Okay, now you're asking yourself, which is true? Is he the guy who treats me? with respect or is he the guy who yells and swears at me of course you're confused of course you don't know if you can trust these changes and it would be lovely for me to be able to say oh yes the corner has been turned but I can't in all good faith say that to you because of this cycle of trauma bonding which means that what he is doing if you look at his previous behaviors, you'll probably see the cycle. 
There have been places where when you got really angry, he got contrite. Or when you threatened to leave, he toned down his demands. But that's the cycle. So I would love to be able to say you can trust those changes. But until I personally would work with you and your partner, I don't know that answer. Because hijackles are very, very crafty. And they have... They're not doing this on purpose. I mean, there's a small percentage of them that do this on purpose. But they're doing it because this is the only way they know to survive. Most hijackals live in a great deal of fear, and what they're putting on is an incredibly show of uh, an incredible show of bravado that they're appearing to be so self self-confident so assured so in charge so large you know they're the, but inside they're not that and so i don't really know that if you can trust these changes but in most cases the answer is no you can't and i would advise you not to if you already feel that you want a divorce and he cannot stand the idea that he doesn't have more supply waiting, somebody else to take your place, he's going to want to get you back. He will say to you is go to counseling, come to someone like me who actually understands all the tricks of the trade of hijackals, and let's find out if that's what's really going on. Let's find out if you can actually believe him. I wish you well with this. Go to my website, hijackles.com, or for relationship help for more information. And you can submit your question there too. Talk soon. Hello, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are these stories and questions on today's show sounding familiar to you? Are you ready to say no more to the abuse from toxic people in your life? I'm so glad. You matter and you deserve to have real love, true love in your life. Love from yourself and love from others. Not that demeaning, discounting, and dismissive masquerade that a hijackal pretends is love. I can help you regain yourself, your self-esteem, your self-confidence after a life with a hijackal, whether it was your partner, an ex, a parent, or a child. Let's work together now. For individual sessions or small group coaching, Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join. Talk soon. Well, recently there's been a lot of stuff in the news that's really important. And uh, I was chatting with my friend Christine Baumgartner about it. She's a dating and relationship coach. And as we were developing the conversation, she said that in her practice, she's recently seen that there are many women who are lacking in low self-confidence, well, lacking and therefore have low self-confidence. And I thought, wow, that's exactly what's going on in the bigger picture here. So I wanted to respond to the ideas about what's going on with the Me Too campaign, what's going on with Harvey Weinstein, what's going on with all the other men in the world who are coming forward as being told on. And of course, that fits right into our hijackal topic, which is hijackals want power over you. So what have you been seeing, Christine? 
I've been seeing so many women in my practice who have such low self-esteem, they can't even as minor as accept a compliment or that I'm telling them that they're doing something well, that they don't even realize that that could be them, that they could be doing something well. And it's so um, indicative of how low their self-confidence is and why men in the past have taken advantage of them because they don't believe they have the right to say no or the right to push back emotionally or physically. And their lack of self-confidence is causing them to feel even worse about themselves. I mean, I just watch it. It's like a snowball effect because then more bad things happen, more things that undermine them, and they have no foundation underneath them to even start building on. Yeah, I think that that's a big part of it. And, you know, I think about this woman that I used to know years ago. She was young. Of course, we all were then. And (laughs) she was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous in that Irish way. She had copper hair, long hair, green eyes, absolutely gorgeous. And I said to her, you are absolutely gorgeous. And she said, oh, no, I'm not. And she couldn't for a moment entertain that she was gorgeous. So that's quite a segue into the world of Hollywood and all, where you are putting yourself in front of people to tell you if you're good enough, mm-hmm. right? You're just l- laying yourself in front of someone and saying, am I good enough? And what amazing power you're giving to someone else to define who you are and what's going to happen in your life, right? Yes. And... You're going to listen to their opinion over yours. Exactly. And you've given your power away just inherently, Mm -hmm. um, not because you wanted to give your power away, but in that situation, which is kind of an extreme, you're endeavoring to follow a career path that you don't have any power in and you can't make things happen on your own. You absolutely need other people. And you have no control how you're going to look forever that if you have self-confidence that you know you're a good person and you're a smart person and you deserve people to treat you well that it's not just about your looks because I had the same experience where I've had women tell me well that person is so beautiful they must have a lot of self-confidence and everybody must just want to go out with them and I said you'd be surprised how many women I have talked to that are really gorgeous who have hardly any self-esteem. They really don't because so much of their self-confidence is based on their looks. That a lot of what's happened in their lives that people have been generous or they've gotten away with things, it's a lot of times been based on their looks and not on that they did the right thing or knew they were smart or knew they were lovable that it was all how they looked. And the minute that starts shifting, then what tiny bit of confidence they've had starts slipping as well. And there's nothing else to shore them up again. It's really sad. 
Sure. And when you're young and when you're impressionable, whether you're in Hollywood or wherever you are, you want your you're as a child you're raised to have people approve of you and love you and you still go looking for approval and love and if you didn't get it particularly if you didn't get it then we're going to go on to having looking for other people's approval and love in all the wrong places as they say and so that's one of the things that is one of the ingredients in this but then we have the power over, which is the hijackal way, which says everybody's fair game. Mm-hmm. Like if I need power in my life, whether I'm a male or a female, then I start looking for places where there are people with the low self-confidence that you were experiencing your women talking about, or I start looking for people who are pliable, who will do what I want them to do, people who want my approval so much that they'll do almost anything I ask. And then we get into a power dynamic that is very, very marginal for the non-hijackal. Yes. Not a lot of payoff. The other thing that people have lack of is not just self-confidence about their looks, but that they're not smart or they're not lovable because often that's what they'd heard when they were children. So even to this day, the hijackal pours on love, pours on how smart you are. Oh my gosh, they're like an empty vessel and oh, they're filling me up. And then they're going to threaten to take it away and you will be empty again. So now you will do anything to keep them, no matter what, how horrible they are to you, no matter what they do to you. Yeah, and that's in the world of the hijackal and what I talk about and write about in my books, that's what we call love bombing, where they just come on to you so strongly and they tell you how wonderful you are, how beautiful you are, how intelligent you are, as you said. And yet all of those things may be true, so they may not they may be fully speaking the truth. The problem is they're not doing it because they care about you. They're doing it to get power over you. So they charm you, they seduce you, they exploit you, they manipulate you, they lie to you. And then you are all caught up in that because, oh, this perfect person came along and they really, really like me. And especially if you, you've either had that experience at home by having a hijackle at home, or you didn't get any attention at home, or you got negative attention at home. It's like you said, it's just food to a very hungry, hungry, deprived person. So here we are with, you know, so many people who have been caught and end up living with a hijackle and having all the things that we talk about so often on this program, Christine. But on the other hand, we have hijackles in every other place on earth operating the same way. So when we see these power brokers like Harvey Weinstein seems to be, or that other fellow um, who is in the political arena and, you know, these people who are just using their power um, to get what they want and and take what they want, not even get what they want. So it's it's really a frightening thing. And then you look at how many women, because it was all about women, uh, wrote Me Too on their Facebook. Yes. And you know it's it's the statistic twenty years ago, and I'm not sure what it is now, but the statistic twenty years ago was that one in three women had been abused. 
And I was at I was speaking at a conference in a small town, and we'd all been flowing in. So all the presenters were around a dinner table one night, and the woman was talking about the statistic because she was going to talk about it the next day. So she said, well, let's just go around this table of high-powered women. And every single one of us had been abused. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So there we were, eight high-powered women speaking at a women's conference, and every one of us had been abused. Wow. So it's really important for us to understand what hijackal power looks like, feels yeah. like. Um, and the love bombing is, you know, they, you know, they come on to you in such a way that you think that you've just been sent your soulmate. Yes. This person just sees you, knows you, gives you such credence that, they, that everything that you ever wanted is possible. <laughs> and you're a believer. Sign me up. You know, I'm right, I'm right running after it. So it's really topical what's going on. And people's efforts to distract are also hijackal kinds of behavior. Well, I did that, but. Yes. Right. And I heard in the news today, um, Donna Karen recanting her statement. Uh, and uh, it was good to hear her recant, but I don't care how many hours you've been on an airplane, you don't say that kind of thing about women and get any kind of vote from me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she she can backtrack, and I hope it, it saves her butt <laughs> as far as her brand, but um, that, that wasn't really great. But let's go back to the hijackal idea. So power over people not asking for permission, just taking what they want. Uh, And then there they are, just like the typical hijackal in anybody's home. They behave really badly. They get exposed or you threaten to leave. And then all of a sudden, they come back with flowers and chocolate. And they, oh, I'll be good. It will be better. I am so sorry. And so they're they're thinking that now they can be... um, asking for forgiveness so power over and then take what you want and then ask forgiveness and that cycle that abuse cycle continues and continues and recently on a show i was talking about trauma bonding and this is where trauma bonding comes from because the abuse cycle like you know you think about the people for harvey weinstein well they needed his power and they needed the money and they needed the visibility, but what was the cost? And that's the equation we're always looking at, isn't it? What's the cost? And what's the cost to not recognize what's going on? What's the cost to say yes or to say no? What is the short-term cost? What's the long-term cost? And it'll go right back to self-esteem again, because if you don't have self-confidence that I really do know what's right for me. I do. I can make good decisions for myself. If you haven't had a history of that or your parents have not taught you or undermined it because they were hijackals, then you cannot make that kind of decision, certainly not on the fly when it's happening to you right in your face at all. And that's what's so valuable about what you teach is not only how do you recognize it, but then how do you build that foundation underneath you so that you can, because it's going to happen, it's going to come up in the world, they're not going to go away, the powerful people, but how can you then have the means of standing up 
for yourself and understand the consequences either way, that you will still be a whole person because that's what they're looking for is the pieces that you're broken and then they can get in and to build that foundation is what you teach so much. Yes, it is. And, you know, this is a great conversation because it's pertinent to what's happening in the world and we can tie in the power over that hijackals always want to have in every situation. Even when they're love bombing you, they are trying to have power over and manipulate you. And we have to learn to see it for what it is. So I've been talking with my friend, Christine Baumgartner. She's a dating and relationship coach and you can find her at the perfectcatch.com. Thanks so much for playing tonight, Christine, and sharing your ideas. Thank you for including me, Roberta. Boy, if we can help curb this tide, it would be really wonderful. It certainly will. And if you want more information about hijackles, download my free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackal, at hijackles.com. No matter what's happening right now, life can get better. If you have a good relationship, it can become great. If your relationship is in trouble, we can find a solution. The good news is that it's in your hands to start. The not-so-good news is that it takes time, new insights and skills, and a whole bunch of willingness. But who would settle for less? Not you, right? Good. You want to feel seen, heard, known, accepted, and appreciated. You want honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability, too. Read my book, Kaizen for Couples, available for download at couplesbook.com. Start there, and let's talk soon. In our world, more and more, we have to be aware of what is actually going on and not have our head buried in the sand or want to deny what's going on. So a big question is, is that difficult person in your life only difficult or is there a chance they're actually dangerous? You can't turn around, it seems, without hearing about violence perpetrated in so many ways in the world. Shootings, wars, abuse, subways, pushers, beatings. Often, though, it's happening right where you are. Maybe not in such obvious ways, but it could be that you are so close to someone you cannot see the danger. Looking around in your own life, is there a partner, a family member, a child, or a co-worker who seems to be difficult most of the time? Do you know how to tell the difference between difficult and dangerous? And do you know where that point is when difficult turns to dangerous? It's not often apparent, especially when you're close to someone. A dangerous person is a threat to your well-being and health in all ways. Whether or not they're dangerous to society is something only a psychologist or therapist can determine on an individual basis. All you need to know is whether or not they are dangerous to you or to your child or someone close to you. For your emotional, mental, and physical safety, ask yourself these questions. Are you in denial about someone's potential for violence because you don't know 
what to do about it? Have you tried to talk to a person close to you about the startling or inappropriate ways they react to life and treat people and they just wouldn't hear you? If you did try to talk to that person, were you met with anger, defenses, excuses, and rationales? Did they immediately point the finger right back at you rather than accept the invitation to look at themselves? Do you feel you have to be nice to someone who scares you just to keep the peace and not be victimized by them? Are you in an abusive relationship and you need help to stand up, speak up, and do something to keep yourself and your children safe? If any of these things are present in your relationship, it's time to take action. No, it's not time to start blaming and getting angry and criticizing and lecturing or threatening to leave. That doesn't work. You've probably tried that already. And okay, yes, threatening to leave them does seem to straighten them out for a little while. But be honest, there's no real change over time, right? Many people who behave these ways are not driven by logic. Those are the very difficult ones, the ones crossing the border between difficult and dangerous often. You might have noticed that. So what do I mean, not driven by logic? That's a game changer, isn't it? If they're not driven by logic and your attempt to reason with them is all you've got, you're not going to get very far. Repeated attempts at reasoning just makes you frustrated and furious. You're wasting your time and your energy and your goodwill. In fact, these folks are so resistant to your logical approach that they may even behave in more entrenched, frustrating, and violent ways just to prove to you that you have no power over them. If that's happening, you need insights and skills. Here is where we all have to become more realistic. If you see these patterns of behavior that are ones that are intended to dominate and control or alienate others, these are signs of potential big trouble. That trouble will seldom be the huge, violently overt acts of a killing spree. It's more likely to be repeated acts, you know, the ones to show other people how little they care about them. In so many cases I've seen, these behaviors that push people away are based in a deep belief that they themselves are unlovable. It's sort of like they're saying, I'll show you, you won't ignore me. That can be their motivation for verbal or physical violence. It is a search for significance gone terribly wrong. So if someone you live with or love or work with is habitually difficult, defensive or destructive, that's what I want you to think about today. They likely won't grow out of it, nor will they likely change unless they're open to positive, immediate and effective help, and maybe not even then. So you have to do a few things differently. And I have five, oh, six things I want to talk about. Six things that will help you think about this in a more productive way. Number one, because these folks think everyone is potential danger to them emotionally, recognize that their pain is within themselves. It doesn't have anything to do with you, so don't take it on as your fault, no matter what they say. 
Yelling or belittling or abusing others is their desperate attempt to get some respect and release the pain that they feel. That pain was likely inflicted in childhood, emotional, physical, verbal, or sexual pain. And it's not about you. Second idea. Because you likely make excuses to avoid confronting the behaviors of these folks, you first need to do your own internal work. If you think or feel that the poor ways someone treats you is because you deserve it, you've really got work to do. Because no one is allowed to treat you badly, right? So get yourself some relationship help. Work on the relationship with yourself and work on your self-esteem and self-confidence. And while you're at it, get some good communication, conflict management, and negotiation skills too. So number three idea. Because you are not a doormat, right? You are not a doormat. You have to set boundaries and maintain them. If by chance you have been a doormat, now is the time to stand up, brush yourself off, and never place yourself in that position again, okay? Do this in a positive way, demonstrating love, concern, and empathy for them, but clearly explaining the specific behaviors that have to stop. So if you want to talk about that behavior that has to stop, talk about the behavior itself, not about the person. You want that person to know that changing the behavior will get them more of what they want and less of what they don't want. So set clear boundaries and limits along with their consequences. Then maintain them no matter how difficult that is. Because when you don't maintain your boundaries, they don't believe they can trust you. Number four, because these behaviors can be episodic, you need to be consistent. Being with these folks can resemble a roller coaster ride. They can be lovable and sorry when they're threatened by potential loss, and equally mean and belligerent when they feel they're not getting the respect and attention they deserve. You have to be you, living your values, your beliefs, and your purposes all the time, not changing who you are to accommodate them or make them happy, because of course nothing does, or make them like you more, only going along with what they want does. So those four, let's listen to the last two. Number five, because you might think that offering negative feedback helps, you have to change this belief when you're dealing with these folks. Negative feedback confirms how they feel about themselves. Remember I said they had low self-esteem? So when you give them negative feedback, it confirms how they feel about themselves and it's made more real by your comments. It can scare and even enrage them. Reduce and remove those emotional threats. Deal with specific behaviors and what could replace them that would help you feel more engaged and positively responsive. And the last thing to think about, because you get caught in patterns of interaction, you need to be vigilant about curtailing your own enabling behaviors. What are those? Things like doing what someone else wants us to do to keep them happy or to keep the peace or join them in pretending there is no problem, which is commonly called denial. 
It means making or accepting excuses for poor behavior, or accepting that it's someone else's fault that they behave the way they do. Enablers have poor boundaries. They trust too easily, and they have a poor sense of their own value. And more importantly, they seek validation of themselves through actions. They think the dysfunctional person will like them better if they join in their denial. So this is the place. After you think about those six things, that's the place where difficult turns dangerous. If you don't do something about it, you are part of the problem. I'm sorry to say that, but if you continue to condone and enable their behavior, you're part of the problem and you want to step out of that role right away. I know the potential for violence sounds harsh, but that's what it is. Say the wrong word, look at them sideways, question their behavior, suggest they may have a fault, even be late with dinner, talk back to them, want equality. All of these can unleash the potential for violence that pours out in torrents of accusations, demeaning comments, withholding affection, or even physical or sexual abuse. What you need to do right now, as you're listening to this, as you're thinking about this, if any of these things are ringing bells for you, step up now and be part of the solution. Remember, sometimes it is only possible to love difficult and dangerous folks from a safe distance. And that is wise. I hope that you will take these things to heart and seriously look at what you can do right away to keep yourself safe when you're with a difficult or a dangerous person. If you need help with this, I'm here for you. So go to forrelationshiphelp.com and look under the part that says get help from Dr. Shaler and let's talk soon. Or read my blog right there at For Relationship Help. Or go to my YouTube channel. Surprise, surprise, For Relationship Help. You don't want to be around a dangerous person. And you must think about these things. So I wish you well and let's talk soon. Hi, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Handling hijackles is exhausting. It's never-ending, an endless cycle of crazy-making, alienation, and constant drama. And cycles are difficult to step out of, I know, because I've been there too. And that's why I reach out to you to offer the insight, skills, and strategies you need to heal. My small group programs, Handling Hijackles and Hijackle Recovery and Rediscovery, will shortcut your journey to healing, to save your sanity, and to stopping the crazy-making. Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join now and let's talk soon. Hello, I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor, and today I want to ask you the question, do you have boundaries? Now, you've probably heard about boundaries and you know you should have some, but do you have some? And did you have some? Because sometimes when you're with a hijackal, those boundaries that you did have got slowly eroded. And if you didn't have strong boundaries, that was one of the reasons that you were so attractive to the hijackal in your life. 
Hijackals like to look for people who want to please them, people who are easy to manipulate. And I know you don't want to think about that, that you may have been easy to manipulate. Because when I say that, they, they know that people who are, are nice, people who are considerate, people who are thoughtful, people who are uh, interested in others, those people are the ones that they look for because they think, ah, there's somebody that I can get control over. They want to please me. They want to be nice. They're willing to go the extra mile. They'll make excuses for me. They'll justify my behavior. They'll rationalize what I do. And I will be able to quickly become my not-so-wonderful self. And they may not notice or they may not complain. So don't beat yourself up if you're with a hijackal. They saw you coming. They groomed you. They called you from the herd. They, they knew that you were a good, nice person. And I've used those phrases before, but it's so true. If you're a good, nice person who's interested in others, raised well, often, or if you've come from a home that nobody was really quite functional, <laughs> that will leave you with a pattern of wanting to find somewhere to belong, wanting to have your person, wanting to have a relationship that you can count on. And they look for that too. So boundaries become very, very important. And a boundary is simply a line that you draw in the sand in ink that says, here's what's all right with me, and here's what's not all right with me. And that I want my partner to clearly know where that line is. Now, when you're with a hijackle, the entire modus operandi is to get that line to disappear. So think about it for a minute. Have you found that that's true in your life? Have you found that Already, as, you as I just say these few words, you think, oh, I gave up. I quit trying to hold a boundary because it was always a fight. It was always a problem. What I wanted didn't matter. What he or she wants always seems to matter more. And so after a while, I just put down fighting. I did not feel it was worth it. And after you have children in your life, you don't want them to witness the fighting, so you stop. And I don't mean you stop the fighting. I mean you stop standing up for yourself. So I want to invite you to think about the relationship you have with a hijackal. Maybe it's with your mom or your dad. Maybe you're not even living in the same country as them anymore, but there's still that hijackal uh, influence that comes across because you brought it with you from your childhood. And I know my mom was a hijackal, and I still have moments when I can hear her voice criticizing, complaining, putting me down. Um, you know, not my worst moments, and she creeps. You know, one of those moments is when I'm peeling potatoes, because she would always complain. You're taking off too much skin. It's too much trouble to ask you to do anything. Why do I bother? You're just such a mess in the kitchen. And, you know, on a bad day when I'm feeling a little disempowered, I can hear that voice. I don't peel potatoes very often, so I suppose I don't hear it often. But, you know, maybe you have the influence of hearing your hijackal parent's voice. Or you have a hijackal that you're living with. 
if you had a hijackal parent, it's probable that you have a hijackal that you're living with unless you've been very lucky or you've done your own work and find hijackals very transparent early on and you move away from them quickly. I've had my share of, of hijackal relationships and, and yes, they're terrible. Of course, I married a hijackal. I divorced a hijackal. I co-parented with a hijackal. And I attracted other hi hijackals into my life. I came by this information that I share with you very honestly and organically. Believe me, I struggled. So I know what it means to have to teach yourself to, to clarify your boundaries, express your boundaries, and then maintain those boundaries. So in another video, I'm going to tell you how to do that. But right now, I just want to plant that seed in you. Have you given up holding boundaries? Have you given up standing up for what you believe in? Have you given up standing up for yourself in your relationship with a hijackal? And if you have, then one of the things that is really important for you to look at is how do I clarify express and maintain a boundary now because you need that for yourself you need to be assertive for yourself you need that to be an example for your children and if it doesn't come from you it's not going to come from the hijackal so then it's really worth it it's worth it to do it for yourself and it's worth it to do it for your children so take a few moments and sit quietly and ask yourself what boundaries do I have? What boundaries do I allow myself to have? What boundaries do I express to my partner, any hijackal in my life, or other people in general? And how comfortable am I with being assertive? We're going to talk about all those things in other videos. So think about that now, and you'll be ready for the other videos. Watch for them. And if I can help, remember you're always welcome to have a one-time free half-hour consultation. Just go to the website and exercise that right. Talk soon. There you have it. If you want more, you can work with Dr. Shayla directly. She's eager to help you resolve your relationship issues. Have a question? Call in early to next week's show to talk with Dr. Shayla on air. Get her expert insights and advice by subscribing to her blog, newsletter, and YouTube channel. We're here for you. Don't be a stranger. Join us again next week. And in the meantime, visit forrelationshiphelp.com.